have you. We are in a series called Activated right now, and uh, we have two more sessions of this coming into next week and then September 8th. But we've been talking about what does it look like to be an activated church. And we've kind of been using this big idea of the activated church is the hope of the world. That, that God wants his church activated and active and doing what he's doing in the world. And so we're going to be in Acts chapter 2 today. Uh, are you ready for the word? Yes. Come on, 1115. Are you ready for the word? Yes. Okay, all right. So uh, here's what I just want you to know. Listen, uh, the, the more you amen me, the faster I preach. <laughs> some of y'all, y'all going to be aiming in every point, okay? So, uh, and we also encourage you to spectate. You're not at the funeral home, and so we'd love for you to uh, engage in the message today, and so if you, if you want to throw out an amen, preach it, white boy, let's get it, let's go, it don't matter. So you can get it, let's hit it. All right, so here we go, Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 is where we are, starting in verse 44. It says, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything that they had. Come on, they shared everything that they had. Come on, how many know we want to be a church like that? Look at somebody beside you. If they got something you like, just ask them for it. They'll give it to you. That's how that works. Share, share. You like that? Oh, I like those boots. <laughs> Here, take them. They shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions, and they shared money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple. Come on, how many thankful for our worship team, man? They lead us into worship. They're powerful. Watch, they lead us into worship every day, and, all, and they met in homes for the Lord's Supper, so they did life groups too, and they shared their meals with great joy and generosity, and all while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. This, this, is, uh, this verse is found in Acts chapter 2, coming off of what was a very, very powerful message, a powerful sermon from the guy by the name of Peter. Acts chapter 2 is the Holy Spirit fills the disciples. Uh, they go out. Peter shares this message. The church goes, in this one moment, the church goes from 120 in the church to 3,000 in one day. 3,000 people join the church. And this is what they begin to start doing as the first New Testament church is they're gathering together in homes, they're worshiping in the temple, they're having communion together, they're sharing meals together, they're sharing things with one another, and, uh, and, and it's a powerful church. I don't know if you know this or not, but coming up in January, OSC will be 20 years old. We are 20 years, yeah, 20. Hey, y'all, we ain't teenagers anymore. So they're kicking us out of the house. <laughs> We're going to be 20 in January, and there has been a lot of things that have changed in our church over the last 20 years. I mean, a lot has changed over the last 20 years. Uh, just by a show of hands real quick, how many of you in here have only been coming to OSC within the last year? Like, within the last year, raise your hand. Within the, go ahead, raise it up high, raise it up high. Okay, all right. Um, within uh, the last three years, raise your hand. Within the last three years, oh man, five years. Wow. Um, five to ten. You've been here five to ten years? Okay, and here we go. Here's the next one. Ten and beyond. You've been here longer than ten years. Wow, look at that. Come on. That's exciting. So for all those that have been here ten years and beyond, definitely know this. We have changed a lot. Um, we've had a lot of change that has happened in the last ten years, uh, definitely the last twenty years. For those that don't know, our church started uh, at the Holiday Inn here in Jennings. Um, our, you know, when you drove up to church today, come on, how many love our Parkers, by the way? Did they do a phenomenal job in the rain? Man, love those guys. Uh, we didn't have Parkers in those days. <laughs> uh, you parked yourself. 
and, uh, and you were at the Holiday Inn, and, and here's the crazy thing. You come to our church, and you see, like, you know, our kids' facility that we have, and this incredible worship center, and all the buildings and offices and stuff that we have, and it's all amazing. 20 years ago, our entire church fit in a van. Like, that is no lie. Like, our staff, all of the kids' stuff, and all of the worship, and all of the music, uh, all of the instruments were in a 15-passenger van, y'all. 15, the whole church in a van. The whole church in a van. Like, does, does that not blow you away? The whole church in a van. The pastor, the worship leader, the kids director. I mean, like, you know, the entire youth group, because it was only Pastor Bubba's kids. I mean, the whole, the whole church was in a van. I mean, now, now we can't even barely do anything in a van with our, with our church. And, and so many things have changed over the last 20 years. We, when we first got this property, the, the front building, which is our connections building, was the church. And, um, and, and how many were here during those days? Who, who was here? It's all the 10 plus people here. Okay, yeah. And so um, if, if, if you weren't here, you missed out because we did worship not with these beautiful screens. We did it with transparencies. How many of you have worshiped with transparencies? Raise your hand. How many old school transparencies? Yeah, see, majority of y'all have no clue what we're talking about. This is when the glory really fell. The glory fell when the transparency slid onto the, to the thing. And then they realized, that, oh, we did it backwards, and they got to flip it over. And, and then the, the people that were doing it, you know, you hope they had all their fingers. And then they... Because you're, you're sitting there and you're reading these lyrics on a screen. If you don't know what transparency is, just go Google it. It'll, it'll help you. Um, and then a lot of, we wore suits. <sighs> I'm just letting you know, I'm glad those days are over. Uh, you want to wear a suit, that's totally cool with you, but uh, we wore suits. I mean, there's a lot of things that change. And then, of course, over the last 20 years, not only has our church grown, but, you know, and we've gotten this building and uh, now we're one church in three different locations and Eunice and Crowley and... And uh, God's just doing a lot, and it's really exciting, and our church has grown, and, and it's changed a lot, but there has one, been one thing that has never changed. In 20 years of our church, our passion to reach people and build lives has stayed the same. Amen. From day one, from day one in the Holiday Inn with 12 people <laughs> to here we are with over 1,200 people, our passion for reaching people has stayed the same. And this passage of scripture that we're reading is a story about the church. And I don't know if you know this or not, but this church is not Pastor Bubba's church. It's not my church. This church is God's church. And God builds his church. Actually, I want to show you. Jesus said it. This is Jesus' words, red letters. He said, I'm going to build what? What does he say? I'm going to build my church. My church. That's God's church. I'm going to build my church. And, and all the powers of hell will never conquer it. So this is a great thing for us, and it's an encouraging word for us to hear, is that God is building his church. Now, of course, he, he works in partnership with people. Um, we help alongside with what God is doing, but God's building his church, which is why from this moment in Acts chapter 2 all the way to here we are 2,000 plus years later, how many know the church has been unstoppable? Roman empires have tried to destroy the church. People have tried to kill Christians. There's been martyrs. Uh, people have tried to kill uh, and destroy Bibles and all this stuff. But how many know when God's building it, you can't touch it? And so God's building his church, and he's continually building his church. With or without us, he's building his church. But in an activated church, which is what we're talking about in this whole series, you and I have a part to play in the church. 
you got a part to play in this church. I have a part to play in this church. And so today in today's message, I want to I want to share the parts that you and I play in God's church. So if you're writing, taking some notes, I want you to write this first one down. It's for us to come to church regularly. One of the roles that you have and I have in being a part of an activated church is that we need to be a part of it. Uh, Acts said it this way. This is what it said in Acts 2. It says, and all the believers met together in one place and they worshiped together at the temple every day. Now, we don't gather together every single day, but we do gather together every week and this was a priority for them. The, the early church knew the power of gathering together. I have people ask me all the time, well, Pastor Josh, do I have to be a Christian um, or do I have to go to church to be a Christian? And my answer is no. You do not have to go to church to be a Christian, but you do have to go to church to be a growing Christian. And if you're perfectly fine with not growing, then don't go to church. But if you want to grow, you want to see all that God has for you really fulfilled in your life, you, you need to be a part of a local church. And it's funny because in, in times like this, like, like on a day like this where it is raining, this is where I love our church so much because y'all don't care. It's raining. I'm getting to church. And you'd be surprised at how many people when it starts raining, they're like, oh, can't go to church. And I'm like, what? Like, would you call on Monday to your boss and be like, hey, listen, I saw a cloud and um, you know what? I'm just not feeling it today. You know, I just, he'd be like, well, I'm not feeling you either. <laughs> okay. <laughs> go find a different job. I've just made it, a, I've just made it a, a passion that if it's not bad enough for me to miss work on Monday, it's not bad enough for me to miss church on Sunday. I'm going to be in God's house. And, and so I, here's the commitment is that if you want to grow, you, this, is, this is what you need to know. You got to show up to grow up. You got to show up to grow up. If you want to grow in your faith, you, you, you need to show up. You need, you need to be here. You need, you need to be around God's people. Um, I'll put it even another way. Well, let me show you what Hebrews says, and I'll I'll share this. Hebrews 10 says, this is not the time to pull away. Like, if there was ever a time to pull away and be disconnected from people, like, this is not the time. We We don't need to pull away and neglect meeting together, as some have formed the habit of doing. In fact, we should actually even come together, what? Even what? Even more frequently. Like, we even need to be together even more. It's not, not even enough. We need, we need more time together. And, and here's why. Because we need to be eager to encourage and to urge each other onward as we anticipate that day dawning. How I many you know we live in a day and age where it is, is getting darker? It's getting harder. Um, our culture is not getting better. It's getting worse in a lot of ways. And if there's ever been a time in our history where the church needs to be together more, now's the time. Now's the time. We need to be with one another more than ever in this moment. And so I I just want to encourage you to make coming to church a regular part of your week. Now, I understand there's work and things that are going on, but here's, here's what I think we should commit to. If I'm home, I'm here. If I'm home, I'm here. And, and here's my prayer. If you're here, you're home. <laughs> Come on, somebody. If I'm home, I'm here. And if I'm here, I'm home. And so I want you to be, now, listen, if you're throwing up, I don't want you here, okay? You can watch Facebook Live. I'm not really fine with that. But if you're home and healthy, <laughs> you're here. We got to make a commitment just to be in God's house. My boys never wake up on a Sunday and go, are we doing, are we going to church? No, they just know. Like, it's a part of it. It's what we do. 
Get in God's house. And I, I met with someone yesterday. They have a 20-something-year-old in their house, and they're still living with them. And she was like, man, I, I, you know, my son doesn't want to come to church. And she's like, I don't know what to do. I said, does he live in your house? Yes. Do you pay for everything for him? Yes. Then tell him to go to church. Well, I don't want him to be upset at me, and I don't want him. This is what she told me. I don't want him to be upset at me, and I don't, you know, I don't, he's going to be mad, and he's, I'm dragging him to church and all that stuff. I said, okay, well, let's pause here. Currently, in the direction he's going right now, is he getting to Jesus? Well, no. Okay, well, at least get him to a place where maybe he can at least hear about Jesus. Well, he might not like me. Well, then tell him to go get a job. <laughs> then he really ain't going to like you. Stop paying his bills. Then gonna, hey, if you're in my house, you coming with me. Can I get an amen from some parents that said, listen, hey, that's a reason why I'm the parent and not your friend. Because I'm, I'm doing things in your life that you might not want, but you need. And so my prayer is as a parent, listen, I'm a pastor. I have pastor's kids, but I still need to put my kids in environments where God can speak to them. It's not me speaking to them, God's speaking to them. So I'm gonna put them in it. So I don't know if I just made friends right now or you don't like me and you're ready to leave, but oh well, let's go. Preaching, preaching. I'm trying, okay. Let me give you number two. Number two is this, to not only come to church regularly, but you need to come to church expectantly. Expectantly. This is so huge. I, I need you to hear me. Look, look what Acts 2 said. It, it said it this way. They came with great, what? Joy. joy. Some of y'all just said the word joy without joy on your face. <laughs> joy. All right, if you're happy and you know it, tell your face, okay? <laughs> with great joy. <laughs> some of y'all need, need to look at somebody. Hey, you can tweet that, okay? I'll let you. You can tweet that. If you... Hey, with great joy and generosity... And all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the, all the people. Hey, listen, if there is a verse that describes OSC, I hope it's this one. I hope when people come in here, they got great joy. I hope they're extremely generous. I hope they love praising God. And more than anything, I just hope they like being around people. How I many know church is not a place you endure, it's a place you enjoy? And if you're not enjoying it, find a different church. Jesus never died on a cross, so you'd be like, man, I'm going to go serve Jesus today. Like, what? Like, he gave his life for you so you could live with life and joy and hope and peace and be excited about being with him. I mean, do you think, like, you get credit in heaven just to show up in church, but you don't want to be here? No, it's not like Jesus is like, well, at least they just showed up, you know? I mean, they didn't want me, but at least they were there. Like, no, God's always after our heart, joy and generosity, praise that comes from here. I mean, think about it. Like, you take your wife out on a date, and you're like, hey, let's go on a date. Like, she gets to the date, and she's like, do you want to even be here? Well, I just know I'm supposed to be here. I'm supposed to give you a date. I mean, no, it ain't good for you that night, okay? <laughs> just ain't. Amen. Like, no wife just wants you just to try to take her out just because you have to. Come on, they want you to take them out because you want to. And when Jesus enters your life, you go from a have to to a want to, from a have to to a get to. Like, I am so excited. And so when you show up on a Sunday morning, you should show up expectant. Like, God is going to show up in this place. Like, this church is, has been filled with people all, all over these past three services. And I'm going to tell you right now, there are people that have walked out of this, this building and some are like, that was a message for me. Man, that was so good. Man, that was great. And I promise you, there will be people walking behind them that were like, it's all right. I'm telling you, it happens. I see it all the time. 
How in the world can it be amazing for one and all right for another? It was based off of the person that came expecting to meet with God and one who just came just to show up to go to church. Y'all see what I'm saying? You see the difference there? One is I'm coming ready to receive what God has. Because y'all know this. I prepare all week to hear from the Lord to deliver a message to you. But you know if you do this, you don't get it. You know you got to receive the word. Throw it. Catch it. If you're like this, (laughs) I mean... You ain't getting anything. And then you walk out the church, and you're like, man, I don't even like this church. I mean, this ain't, well, I wonder why. You didn't come expecting to hear from God. But I'm telling you right now, if you come expecting to hear from the Lord, if you wake up every morning spending time with God, expecting to hear his voice, he will speak to you. He will meet with you. He wants to meet with you. I promise you. Watch what Psalms 26 says. I love this in the message translation. Singing God's songs at the top of my lungs. And telling God's stories. I love living with you. Your house glows with your glory. Hey, listen to me close. There's nothing special about this building. You show up tomorrow, it's just a boring building. But when you come on a Sunday morning with God's people, come on, you know, the presence of God is here. It's because it's not the building. It's the people that are lifting up God in this house that, that, are, that are directing their attention. When, when God sees his people focusing on him, he dwells with them. It's not this place. It's not this building. We could leave this and go somewhere else and have church. It's always been about this, and that's why I love that, singing God songs and telling God stories. Watch what Matthew 16 says. This is the verse I read to you at the very beginning of God building his church. But I love what the message translation says. It says it in a different way, and I, I love reading Bible in different translations. It just brings different things to life. It says this, this is the rock on which I will put together my church, a church so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell will be able to keep it out. And that's not all. There's more. Here's the rest. You're going to have complete and free access to God's kingdom, like keys to any, open any and every door. No more barriers between heaven and earth. This is what Jesus came. Jesus came to give you and I open access. Listen, you have an open heaven. Okay, listen to me closely. You have an open heaven, meaning you can have as much of God as you want. So if you're not experiencing all of God right now, it could be because you have not opened up the door that he has for you. God is giving you open access to everything that he has for you. Open access. A lot of that, uh, uh, that access is just coming with expectancy. Like, my boys eat out of my fridge and don't ask me. They just open the fridge and grab what they want and start eating. You know why? Because they're my sons. You come into my house and try that? I would probably still let you do it because I'm just, I'm awesome like that. But if you, if you started with something that I like. I don't know if I'd be. No but here's, the, here's how it works. Because my boys have open access, they can have whatever they want. You as children of God have open access to all of God as much as you want. Amen. Or as little as you want. It is yours to determine. Let me give you number three, and this is the last one. So don't come, uh, come to church regularly. Don't come to, re- come to church regularly. Come to church expectantly. Let me give you a third one. Don't come to church alone. This is our part in an activated church. 
Acts 2, 47 says, and each day the Lord added, the Lord added, the Lord added. He was bringing people, bringing people, bringing people to fellowship, bringing people that were getting saved, bringing people. God was adding. God was using the church. People were bringing and people were getting added daily to the church. Now in Luke chapter 5, there's a story of a man who was a paralytic man, could not use his legs whatsoever. The great thing about this story, though, is this guy who was a paralytic that could not get to Jesus. Jesus, of course, is the healer. Jesus is the one who can can take care of this issue for him. The problem was he couldn't walk to him. But the good thing was is that he had some friends. And he had friends who were committed to him getting from Jesus what he needed. So the four friends gathered him up. Let's look at the verse. Luke chapter 5, some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they could not reach him because of the crowd. So they went up to the roof and took off some tiles. The next verse says, then they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. Now everybody say these next few words. And seeing, seeing their faith, underline that. Seeing their faith. We're going to come back to that. Jesus said to the man, young man, your sins are forgiven. Okay. All right. So I thought it would be best for you to see this in action. So Judah, come here. You come with me. John, come here. Denny, come here. Let's see. Samuel, come here. All right. Uh, Greg, come here. Come up here with me. All right. So I want to I show you, I want to demonstrate a little bit of how this played out in this story that we share. All right, Judah. All right, my man. You're going you're gonna to lay down on my mat right here. Here you go. Thank you, buddy. Oh, you're so good. All right, guys, why don't you all grab the corners over here. Lift my man up for me. Oh, there we go. Ah. Oh. So good. Y'all can drop them anytime y'all want. Just let me know. Okay. I got two others. Um, and so... He's looking at so here's, here's the question. Ready? Here's the question. Which of the four guys is most important? Sammy, you can let yours go. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> I got to deal with his mom after. Um, so, all of them, right? Any one of these guys don't hold up their part, this guy doesn't get his miracle. Okay, ready? Watch, listen to me. In our church... Who's the most important? The pastor, the OSC kids, the Parkers, the greeters, the production, the worship team? No, what? All of them. That you need every single one of them to get the person to Jesus. If any of them drop their part, this person doesn't get their healing. Do y'all hear me? This is where we are. So you guys, Thank y'all so much. Y'all can actually carry him off. Y'all can go ahead and bring him on down. Oh, look at you. You are He's healed. Hallelujah. <laughs> go clean your room. Um, here's, here's what I want you to realize. Throw that verse back up for me, Anna. Watch this. Jesus saw whose faith? There. Not, not the paralyzed man. The four. Jesus saw their faith and healed him. So here's, my, here's, here's where, where the challenge is. As, as a people of an activated church, 
You need to bring your friends and your faith, and God will talk to your friends. You need to bring your friends and your faith, and God can change your friend. These guys, four guys, had faith for this guy. He didn't have the faith himself, but they had it for him. And they said, listen, just come with us. I promise you, we're going to get you to the man who can get the healing that you really need. How many of you have friends right now, family members right now, coworkers right now that need Jesus desperately? This is what God is called. He's inviting us into this mission to bring our friends and to bring our faith and watch him do what we can't do on our own. Now, uh, recently, my wife and I have discovered a restaurant in Lafayette that has become our favorite. It's called Tula's Tacos. Just write it down. You can thank me later. Um, so as, as your resident Mexican, I can determine that it is authentic tacos. They have, they've even gone as far as to say they have one, a, a taco on the menu called Al Pastor. I knew it was for me. It's got my name written all over it. Pastor. That's how I order it, by the way. Pastor. It's like marinated beef, and it's got cilantro, and it's got uh, uh, even pineapples on it, and it's salsa, and it's just, it's heavenly. I love it. I love it. But anything that you love, you don't want to keep to yourself. You want to let everybody else know about it. So I've been telling all my friends about it. And so a couple weeks ago, Pastor Zach and Claire, were, it was their last week here. And I said, man, let us take you all to lunch. We want to go. So Lindsay and I took them to Tula's Tacos. And so he's like, man, tell me, talk, talk to me about this place. I'm telling you, El Pastor, it's got our names on it. We're pastors. This is our taco. You got to get this and you got to get this. And I'm, you know, telling them all the different ones. And so, so he orders and I'm, you know, I'm, 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 man, I'm selling this thing. I mean, this place is amazing. It's awesome. And he's like, man, it better be good. You know, it better be good. And so he orders and waitress comes and she brings this out. And so he's got it in front of it. And I'm like, oh no, you got to put a little sauce on it. And you know, he's, and then he bites into it. I'm like, it's legit, isn't it? And he's like, oh my God. I said, I told you, I'm not lying to you, brother. I mean, it's, it's good stuff. And so like, I wasn't even concerned about my food. I was just concerned about his experience. Ready? Watch. When you bring people to church, that's exactly the same way. Like, you don't even care about yourself. You're just so focused on them and what they're experiencing. I'm telling you, it's going to be awesome. You know, they're going to show up. They're going to have these greeters. They're going to be like, good morning. And then they're going to show up and they're going to get there. And then you're going to walk in. They're going to greet you everywhere. And it's going to be, you know, it's going to be amazing. They're going to have this and this and this. And, and you're going through it and you're like, you know, you're going to meet Pastor Josh and Pastor JJ and Pastor Bubba. And they're going to preach and they're usually funny. Hopefully they're funny, you know. And then they're going to come and you're, I'm telling you, you're going to hear from God. And how many know, like, you come and, like, now you're coming and you're like, hey, Pastor Josh, come meet my friend. And, you know, you're meeting them. I've met all of them, you know. Hey, look. Hey, and, then, and then they pass on by, and then you look at me, and you're like, don't screw it up. And <laughs> no pressure, no pressure. And then how many know, like, you're, you're, you're in the message, and some of you maybe right now that you're experiencing this, like, you're in the message, and you're listening to me, but you're watching them. You're listening to me, but you're watching them. And when they laugh, you're like, <laughs> right? Like, you're engaged, like, <laughs> and they're crying, and you're crying. And they're worshiping, and you're like, ah, you know? And you're trying to, like, you know what I mean? Like, because, like, the greater the effort, the greater the expectancy. And you put all this effort to get them there, and you've cleared the rows, and nobody sits on this row. This is for my friends. You know what I mean? And, like, you're, like, you're, like, locked in. And you could really honestly care less about your experience because you're so focused on their experience. And then when they walk out, you're like, what did you think? What did you think? What did you think? 
It's good, isn't it? It's good. That, I'm telling you, this is how God wants us to live with such a on-mission life, that we're on mission to see people come to know Christ. And if you're bored with Christianity, just invite people to church and have them come sit with you. Because there's nothing like having people that are far from God come sit with you. You need me to take notes for you? Okay, I'm just, you know, you're, you're engaged in this. And so yesterday, I, uh, I asked our OSC Jennings eFam page, um, which if you're not on it, we'd love for you to come and join. It's a group that we have for just kind of dedicated to our church where we get to kind of share prayer requests and needs and things, and it's, it's powerful. Um, it's a way for us to stay connected as a church throughout the week. So I'll often use it as a tool to get to poll our church and see how you're doing. So yesterday, I asked the question, who invited you to OSC and what did you experience? And we had so many people respond. Thank you, by the way, for responding. And so I want to share some of those today because I want you to see real life. Like, I'm not just preaching this stuff. Like, I want you to see how this actually plays out. So let me show you a couple of them. So first one was Sarah Crater. She said, my friend, co-worker, Jessica Shane Touchette, she was late. <laughs> so I walked in by myself, but I immediately felt welcome from the moment I drove in. Everyone was so friendly and so helpful, and the service was amazing. I look forward to Sunday in church. Now watch this. It was something I didn't think I needed. But now I can't live without it. It has definitely changed me. Watch the next one. Watch. Jeremy Bertrand said, hey, I was invited by, invited by Jessica Shane too. She is an inviter. Now, I love this. Repeatedly. <laughs> she repeatedly invited me. And watch. Here we go. Kind of same situation. I just didn't want anything to do with church. I'm just telling you, like, there's people that maybe don't want to have anything to do with church or don't think that they need church, and they don't realize they, they, you got what they need. Finally, one day, I knew that I needed God to be in, in my life again, so I went by myself. The people, the environment, hearing Pastor Josh preach surprised me in a wonderful way. I decided I'd go back the next Sunday to see how it went. Then I not only became a member of the church, but I became a part of the family. My relationship with Jesus continues to grow every day. God is good. Watch this, watch this next one. These are good, these are good. Courtney said, Melanie Blanchard invited a coworker and I, and so we went along as well, thinking, the more the merrier. <laughs> but what I didn't expect was to be back every Sunday, join a life group, find freedom, find family, and serve like I never have before. <laughs> come on, how many of she bought in? <laughs> hey, come to church. Okay, find freedom, get in a life group, join a next time. <laughs> but not realizing that in doing those things, her life was forever changed. Watch this next one. These are, these are powerful. Annette Gary, her and Mark, some Hathaway people. Got any Hathaway people in here? Yeah. Says Paige and Jonathan told us how much they loved OSC, and they invited us, but never pushed us to go. We knew from the first visit that we had found our church family, <laughs> because from when, we, when the first moment we stepped out of our truck, we were greeted with a good morning, again at the front door, and in the hall, <laughs> and in the lobby, and in the restroom. <laughs> the truth, the truth. <laughs> Hey, I just want to let y'all know, we do not have greeters in the restroom, okay? <laughs> we are not that church. Uh, we have friendly people. Pastor Josh talking to everyone, visiting with everyone. The worship team was so awesome, and when Pastor Josh preached, I felt like the Lord was speaking directly to me through him. A year and a half later, we are still greeted exactly the same way. And we have been blessed from God with awesome pastors along with their families. Thank you, Paige and Jonathan, for the invite. We will be forever grateful Thank you, OSC family, for allowing us to be a part of this wonderful family. So here's a question. Let me stop here. Who is the most important part in this? 
everybody. None of this would have happened. Paige and Jonathan had the boldness to invite, but then we have parkers outside that welcome. We have greeters that welcome. Then I've got a part. Our worship team has a part, and our kids' department has a part. Y'all see what I'm saying? Like, everything that came, came through here was because everybody was doing their part. Now watch this next one. Madeline said, after Hurricane Rita hit, OSC was the only church handing out toilet paper. <laughs> hey, listen, we give out Jesus and toilet paper, whichever, you need, whichever one you need, all right? And I love this because, and the people handing out were so kind and so pleasant, knowing that they had their own situations, but they still had compassion to serve others is what had me. I'm going to tell you, it's something powerful when people realize that you could be doing a lot of other things, but you have decided to serve them instead of yourself, even if that means handing out toilet paper. Jesus said, give, give, give them water if they need water. We just said, give them toilet paper if they need toilet paper. <laughs> I love this last one. Danielle said, I went to buy a book from a lady who I didn't know at all on one of those Facebook sales sites. We started talking in general, and out of the blue, she asked me if I had a home church. I told her no. She invited me to OSC, and if I remember correctly, she even offered me a ride. Thank you, Joni, for that day. And watch this. This is, this, is, this is where it's not just invitation, it's involvement. For you were walking with me, and you sat with me, a total stranger, for my first time at OSC, and you were introducing me to people. That was over six years ago. And what I've gained is Jesus and the love of a spiritual family like never before. So many close friendships I've, have been formed, and I wouldn't want to do life without them. I really could go on and on. Best decision ever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and to this day, I've never actually read that book I bought from Joni. <laughs> because it was obviously never about the book that God had our past crossed that day. I wonder how many people come across our past that God puts in our past that he's just waiting for us to make the formal invite. Hey, you got a church? I mean, a woman's life was drastically changed. If, if y'all even know the rest of Joni's story, Joni has three boys. All of her, she's a single mom. All three of her boys have came through not only our OSC kids, but came through OSC youth, and now many of them are serving the Lord in so many different other ways. All because a woman was willing to Invite. God's calling us to not come to church alone. If you say, I love my church, but yet hold it to yourself, we should never do that. We should never do that. Whatever we love, we share. So I, I even want to challenge you today. Maybe, maybe go on Facebook and just share what God's done in your heart, God's done in your life. You should share what Jesus has done in your heart. Our, 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 our city and our region is looking for hope, and we have the answer. We have the answer. Can you imagine if everyone in our church really took this seriously and we begin to really invite people? One, we wouldn't have enough room already. We have to have more buildings and have more services, and all of that, by the way, is on the way. Because we're committed to seeing people that are far from God come to know God. How many of you know heaven and hell are real? People really go to those places. And come on, if we're a church that we say we love Jesus, how many know we're going to do everything we can to unpopulate hell and populate heaven? We want more and more people to come. Matthew 9, verse 36 to 38 says, when Jesus saw the crowds, so I always love to just kind of modernize this. When Jesus went to Walmart, 
when Jesus went to school, when Jesus went to his job, when Jesus just saw people. He had compassion on people. He had so much compassion on them because they were confused and helpless. Like sheep without a shepherd. And so he says to his disciples as he's looking at all of these people that are confused and helpless, which honestly, when I think about our city, there's so many people that I, as I drive down just 26 and I see people walking down the sides of the roads and I, 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 the phone calls that we get at our office and I hear the stories of people and they just sound helpless and confused. And Jesus tells his disciples, hey guys, listen, the harvest is great. Harvest is great. But watch how he says, but the workers are what? But the workers are few. So pray to the Lord of harvest who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his field. Right now it's like harvest time for rice. A lot of our guys that are in ag are doing that currently as we speak. How crazy would it be right now for in the midst of harvest time for the guys who are supposed to be harvesting to say, hey, let's just pray for more harvest. Hey, let's, let's just get down on our knees and just pray that we have rice. No, 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 you already got rice. Go get it. Just go get it. Hey, listen to me. This, Jesus did not tell them, hey, let's pray people get saved. He said, uh-uh, people are going to get saved. You just got to go get them. You just got to go get them. He does the saving. You do the sowing. You do the inviting. He gets involved. You invite. He gets involved. And how many know when we bring our faith and our friends, God shows up? So I'm going to challenge everyone. If you have not invited someone to this church or sat with someone in this church yet, you need to take that next step. That's the step that you need to take. This week, invite somebody. Invite a coworker, a friend, a family member. Get them here with you so you can experience this. And so this is what I'm going to ask you to do. Ready? And this is your last note. I want you to do for someone else what God and OSC has done for you. I want you to do for someone else what God and OSC has done for you. How many of you in here have been blessed by God and blessed by this church? I want to see a show of hands in here. Okay. I'm asking you to do the same thing. Just do the same thing. How many of you are in here because someone invited you to this church and you were here because someone was bold enough to say, okay, listen, all I'm asking you to do is just to do the same thing. And, and it may be something as simple as meeting up with someone on Facebook and going, hey, do you got a church? To someone that you know very, very well. But we're going to be an activated church, and an activated church means that we're not going to be spectators. We're going to be participators in what God's calling us to do. So we're going to come to church regularly, and we're going to come to church expectantly, but we're going to not going to come, come to church alone. We are going to be engaged in what God is engaged in. God is building a city, and he's building a church, and it's starting right here with us. Can I get an amen from somebody in this house? So Father, today, God, we, we say yes. We say yes. The God, we don't want to just say we love our church, but yet don't actually be the church. We want to continue to be your church. So God, I pray for every person that's in this room today that what you have done in their life, what you have done in my life, that it would radiate out of our lives and God, that we would share what you've done in us. God, we pray that in these coming months that you would send your workers into the fields, your people, 
into a harvest that you have already prepared for us. God, there, there is someone right now, this morning, not in this building, praying for you to show up in their life, and I pray you send these people into their life. I pray that we are the answer to what our city needs, to what our family needs, to what our coworker needs. God, that you put us in their lives so that we can point them to you. So God, give us courage, give us boldness. God, we love you, we thank you. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for forgiving us. Thank you for blessing us. Now, God, we return. We return the favor. God, we don't want to hold on to this grace that's been given to us. We want to be distributors of your grace. With all heads bowed, if you're here in this room and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I notice I said relationship. I did not say religion. God is, desires a relationship with you. He desired it so much that when our sin broke us off in relationship with God, our sin separated us from him. He loved us enough that he sent his son Jesus to come and, and live a life that you and I couldn't live and to live perfection, but to ultimately die on a cross to take our shame and our guilt and our sin and to bear the most horrific death so that he could be your substitute, my substitute. Because God knew we could not earn our way into heaven. He knew we could not be good enough. He knew that it was gonna take someone of perfection. And Jesus rose again from the grave and he offers salvation and grace and mercy to you and to I. And he says, if you will surrender your life and you will give your life to me and you believe what I did on the cross, that I will save you. If you're here in this place and you have been running and you've been living and you've been doing things, but you feel like you're getting nowhere, you feel stuck, today, God is offering you a chance to be born again. It's not a physical birth, but it's a spiritual birth where God comes on the inside and changes us from the inside out. If you have never prayed a prayer to be born again. Today, I want to pray with you. On the count of three, I just want you to shoot your hand up and say, Pastor Josh, I want you to pray for me. If that's you, on the count of three, shoot your hand up. One, two, three. If that's you, going up all across this room. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Thank you so much. Thank you. You can put your hands down right there where you are. And I, I want you to pray this alongside an OSC family. I want us to all pray this together with them. I want you to say, Dear Lord Jesus, Come on, I want you to say this with all your heart. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God. I believe that you died on the cross to take my sin, my shame, and my guilt. And you faced hell so I wouldn't have to go. I believe that you rose from the grave to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth and a relationship with your Father. Today, Lord Jesus, I turn from my sin and I place you as Lord of my life. God be my Father. Jesus be my Savior. Holy Spirit be my helper. And heaven is now my home. In Jesus' name.